All right, so we'll say good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sheer sponsors for today, our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Iyar, Yona and Shushi Ehrenfeld for dedicating all the Shirman Drashos this month in memory of Yona's grandfather, Yosef Ben Shmuel Aaron, Mark Karstadt for dedicating the Shirman Drashos in memory of his mother, Hanabas Shragai, our Dafyomi sponsors, William and Razi Eskin, in memory of in memory of Bill's mother Gittel Bas Moshe Nochum, whose yard site is on the twenty fifth of Iyar. and I will say as we've been doing every day to dedicate our learning Le'ilo Nishmas, the victims of Meron. Today we dedicate our learning Le'ilo Nishmas Shragi Gestetner, who is a square chassid from Muncie. We hope that the merit of our Talmud Torah. All of the Nishamas will have an Aliyah and the families a Nechama. And I will say with that, let us begin, or let us continue, I should say. So today's daf is Chavav 26, and we are picking up in Meretz Hashem on Chavhem. We have a lot to do today. We left off yesterday, um, I believe, Rabbi Yossi Omer. So it's uh, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16... About 17 lines up from the bottom. So we'll say, so just to reorient ourselves a little bit, the topic we are discussing is how the carbon tumid would be offered up. So remember again, so we, we, the, the Mishnah spoke about the second lottery, and the second lottery was to determine the tumid, right? So what we established was there would be one Kohen who would go ahead and win that lottery, and then what would happen? The 12th Kohanim to his right would be the ones who would do all of the other avodos. Interestingly enough, amongst the avodos was the carrying of the sacrificial parts. And as I mentioned yesterday, the sacrificial parts were not brought up immediately to the Mizbech. Instead, they were brought to the ramp and they were laid down on the ramp. Although we'll see that's a machlokis as well. We also saw that the Mishnah went through the order in which the sacrificial limbs are brought up onto the Mizbech. There's a particular order for that to occur. So the Gemara now says as follows. So, so, the, so Rabbi Yossi says, so Rabbi, Yossi, Omer, Rabbi Yossi says, the way you go ahead and you bring up the, the sacrificial parts is the manner in which the animal is skinned or flayed. So the Gemara says, so what's, the, what's, the, what's the order of flaying? The head and the right hind leg then there's the tail and the left hind leg, the finals, the two flanks, the two forelegs, the chest, so the Gemara says, right, the, the, this is, you'll see this is different, this is different, obviously, than the order, Gera is the neck, the two sides, and ultimately, again, the ukats is the tail, and the regal is the left hind leg. Rabbi Yosef Lili Omer, Derek Iluyo. Rabbi Yosef Lili says, no, the way you bring up the sacrificial limbs. I'm sorry, did I skip? I skipped. I skipped. I'm sorry. Rabbi Kiva, thank you. Rabbi Kiva Omer, Derek Nihuso. Derek Nisucho, excuse me. Rabbi Akiva says, you bring it up, you bring up the limbs in the order in which the animal is dismembered. So how would that be? So we'll say, so again, they're all just the machlokis, just is the, the same limbs, all the same limbs, all the same parts. Just machlokis as to what order you're bringing them up in. Rabbi Yosef Lili Omer, Derech Iluya. Rabbi Yosef Lili says, you bring it up in the order of the quality of the limbs. Hayakar Keitzad, Derech Iluya, Harosh Vaharagal, 
the, the head and the right hind leg. Interesting enough, I will say, so remember, in Rabbi Yossi model, the shoulder slash sides was brought up before the thigh. Because according to Rabbi Yossi Aglili, the shoulder slash sides was, had greater quality than the, than the thigh. Yet the Pasuk that the Gemara is quoting over here, the Pasuk from Yecheskel, seems to indicate that the thigh of the animal is of higher quality. To which the Gemara says, Hahi bekechusha. You're right, in a smaller or leaner animal, so the thigh has more meat. But on a larger animal, it is the shoulder slash side that has more meat on it. Okay. Amar Rav, Rav says, Bein Tana Didan, Bein Rabiosi. So Rav says, Rav says, whether according to our Tana of the Mishnah, or Rabiosi, Basar Iluya de Bisra Azlinon. We go ahead and we want to bring up, see, so Rav interestingly enough, the Tanakama holds, describes the same idea as Rabiosi. Rabiosi holds that the order of the limbs is really the order of what he calls Derech Iluyav, the quality of the quality of the or the quality of the animal. So the Gemara suggests that our Tana, the Tana of Ramishno, holds of this same idea. So what's their machlokas? Their machlokas, Rabbi Osai, is at the it says Basra Iluya de Bisra Azlinon. Both our Tana and Rabbi Osi will both agree that Halakhamaisa we go after the quality of the meat. So what's the machlokas? Mar Azil Basar Ivra. So we'll say, so one opinion held that quality is defined by quantity, right? We bring up the limbs that have the most amount of meat first. And then as we kind of, we go from most, you know, most meat to least meat. And the ultimately, again, the other opinion holds that what determines quality is the fattiness of the meat. Therefore, we bring up the fattiest parts first, and then we go to the leaner parts as as the progression goes forward. So my time was Salka Rega Bahadiresha. We'll say by the way, interesting enough if you notice according to all of the opinions, well before we get to this, first is why is it that the front the right sorry, the right hind leg is brought together with the head? Why are those two things brought together? To which the Gimara says the Gemara says, "My time is like a regal b'hadiresha, which in duration of fishy v'atzamas cover regal b'hadei." Since the head is filled with bones and not a lot of meat, therefore they bring the right hind leg, which is a lot of meat, together with the head. Interestingly enough, the Koliyama mias rosh karibereisha minavam. So interestingly enough, if you notice, in, in, according to all opinions, the head is offered up first. Right? Interesting. The head is offered up first. So why is that? So the Gemara says, from where do we know that? How do you know that the head, together with some of the fats, is offered up first? Because we'll say the Pasik says, its head and its fats you will arrange on the Mizbeach. So the first thing the Torah mentions is the head and the fats. So therefore, again, you see from here that no matter what order you're going to bring for the limbs, head is always first. The Idach Padr Achrina Lemai Asatap of Chavav. We'll say, so why do I need another mentioning of the fats later on? What does that come to include? So we'll say, this is very interesting. The Sanya comes to teach you the following halacha. What's the halacha? Ketzer Haya Ose. say, when you are bringing the head together with the fats, how exactly do you arrange those two? To which the Gemara says, it's very interesting. No sin es ha padr abes ha shchita 
umaalehu. But say, interestingly enough, when you would bring the head, you would place the fats by the base hashchita, by the area, because remember, it's not just the head, it's the head and part of the neck, right? Pretty much, the, it's the head with the neck until the area of the shchita. You would place the, you would place the fats right by the incision area of the neck. And this was considered to be an act of covet for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. say, why? What's the issue over here? The issue over here, Rashi says, Remember again, the area where Shech the animal, the flesh and the hide or the flesh is stained red. It's stained red. So it doesn't look nice to go ahead and bring up the head with that stained red area. So essentially you place the fat Right by covering up the base hashchita. I guess that looks much nicer. I don't know. It doesn't. It all sounds interesting. I do say so again. I always always think one of the. It'll be interesting for us to adjust according to the opinions who hold that there are karbanos in the third base hamikdash. It'll be very interesting in Yerat Hashem for us uh, for us to see this. But in any event, they would essentially cover up the base hashchita. That's what would happen over here. So they'd cover up the shita with the fats. Good. We'll say good. We go right there. So now we're, we're making our way, right? So we've got our, remember again, we have our first pious, our first lottery, which was for what? Shumas Hadashan, right? We have our second lottery, which was really just for carbon tumid. Remember again, I both say everything mentioned in the Mishnah was all associated with tumid. Now we're moving forward. Remember again, I both say we learned how many payasas were there? How many lotteries? Four. So now we're up to number three. Hapayas Hashlishi. This is beautiful. The third, the third, the third, um, the third pious, the third lottery, Liktores. Right? Ultimately, again, was for who was going to offer up the Kitores. And what would happen? The Gemara says, Hapayas Hashlishi, Chadoshim Liktores, Bauvehefisu. So we'll say the third lottery, interestingly enough, was reserved for people who were, who had never done Kitores before. So if you had never done Ketores, they would, and they would make the answer, literally, Chadashim Liktores, those who are new to the Ketores, namely those who have never performed the Avodah of Ketores, come and participate in this lottery. Vefisu, and Revi, then we would go up to the fourth, the fourth lottery, Varavi, Chadashim Im Yishanim. So we'll say, the fourth lottery was both new and old. Now again, I will say, what that just means is, when, it, when we go back to the fourth lottery, everyone is eligible. So as opposed to lottery one and lottery two and lottery four, where every coin is eligible, every coin who's on, who's on service is, is eligible, lottery number three was dafka reserved for Kohanim who had never yet done the avoda of the Ketores. So the Gemara says, now the Gemara jumps for a moment to the lottery number four. Well, it is very interesting. What was lottery number four? Lottery number four, well, as I mentioned before, in lottery number three, so the, the last number of people, right, our number of Kohanim were in charge of, were selected to take the sacrificial parts and bring them to the ramp of the Mizbeach. Interestingly enough, lottery number four, according to the Mishra, though we see such a machlokas, lottery number four was who was going, to, which Kohanim would take the limbs from the, from, the, from the ramp and bring them up to the top of the Mizbeach. That was lottery number four. Good, says the Gemara. Tana, me'olam lo shana adamba. We'll say a person, a Kohen, no Kohen ever did the Ketores twice. Interesting. No Kohen ever did the Ketores twice. My time. Now, I will say, by the way, 
This doesn't include coin gadol. You understand, right? Coin gadol, coin gadol does ketores all the time. But lamaisa regular kohanim, no coin ever did. No coin ever did the the avot the ketores twice. My time, am Rabbi Chanina mipnei shema asheres because I will say beautifully, beautifully the one, the ketores is a skula to become wealthy. Now Rashi says over here mipnei shema asheres lefichach lo hayu manichin also l'shanos. Therefore, I will say they didn't permit kohanim to do the ketores more than once. To, in order to literally share the wealth, literally share the wealth, that every coin should have the opportunity to go ahead and, and partake of this bracha. Why is it that Kitoras is a, Kitoras is a school of wealth? What, what's, what's the pshat with that? So, maybe you'll say, because the Pasik says, which literally means, they will place Kitoras, literally means in your nose. But it means, for, for, but it really means in your presence. They'll offer up Kitoras in your presence. And then it says afterwards, Hashem will bless your resources. So you see the juxtaposition ultimately again of the bracha of Kitores or the concept of Kitores with a blessing of your resources by Hashem is the, is the remez, is the scriptural illusion that Kitores is a school of Parnassah. Well, if that's the case, Iachi, Olanamiaksiv, the Chalila Mizbechacha. We'll say the same Pasek that says Yasimu Kitores Bapecha also says, Vichalila Mizbechacha. That's an Ola. So maybe an Ola is also a school for. For Ashiras, for wealth. Amalei hashchicha v'halo shchicha. We'll say Ola is very common. Kitores is not as common. So it makes sense, the Gemara says, that the bracha of Ashiras is associated with that which is not as common. So look at Rashi for just a moment. This is very interesting. Halo shchicha. Omistabra d'nechik siv osher. When we speak about wealth, adalo shchicha. Ultimately, again, that refers to that which is not common. Because otherwise, everyone would be considered wealthy. Now, this is very interesting. And if everyone's considered wealthy, then what? Then what? Then no one's wealthy. Which will say such a profound yisod, how wealth is incredibly, is incredibly relative. Incredibly relative. So, okay, in any event, the Gemara says right there. So, the Gemara just want to point out... This notion that Ketores is a school of wealth, I think I mentioned this yesterday, which is one of the reasons, by the way, even today, when we don't yet have the opportunity to go ahead and offer up Ketores, why it's so important to recite the Parshas HaKetores, which is also a school of Merit Hashem to be successful in one's Parnasa. So some actually even have the, the, the custom to recite Parshas HaKetores from a cloth, from a piece of parchment. But again, certainly again, one recites it every day from the Siddur, a beautiful, beautiful school as well. And I will say, why is it that Ketores is a school of for wealth? Like, what's, what's the pshat? So there are many different interpretations of this, but, it, you know, there's a beautiful medrash. The medrash brings down that HaKadosh Baruch who says, Chaviva alai, I love all of your karbanos, but the most chaviv, the most wonderful thing for me is the Ketores. And why is that? Why is that? So Rabbi Yitzchak says something so beautiful. Actually, well, the Medrash quotes it. Uh, the Rebbe expounds on it. The Medrash says because by all other karbanos, there's usually something that everyone else gets, right? So if you offer up a chatos, right? So you offer up a chatos, parts of, part of it goes on the Mizbeach, the Kohen gets the meat, gets the hide. You think about all the karbanos, there's usually something that someone is benefiting from, either the Kohanim or the Bailim. 
there's only one carbon from which no one derives any level of benefit, and that is the Ketoros. Right, the Ketoros is burned. That's it. There's no, there's no tangible benefit that anyone gets from, from the Ketoros. Nothing comes to the Ketoros. And even the scent, you're not permitted to be nana from the scent of the Ketoros. So there's no benefit. There's no hano. So why do you offer up Ketoros? Ketoros itself is the purest expression of selfless service of God. Because we'll say so many times when we serve at Kaddish Baruch Hu, you know, by definition, by nature, we are utilitarian beings. Right? If I'm going to do something in life, I ask myself one core question, which is, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? Sometimes we articulate it, sometimes we don't even articulate it, but it's what motivates almost everything we do. And even in the realm of divine service, that's why Antigonus, Ish Soho, has to say, do not be like servants who serve the emotional for the sake of receiving reward. Because it's natural for people to be utilitarian. So therefore, even with karbanos, even with sacrificial service, there's, it's hard to say that there's nothing in it for me, because there is. There's only one avoda that is purely selfless, and that's the Ktoras. There's absolutely nothing in it for me. Who says, do you know the avoda that I love most? I love the Ketoras most. Because I know that when you offer it, you're only offering it because you love me. You're only offering it because you're committed to me. Ketoris is the most beautiful, selfless expression of love and commitment to the Rivano Sha'olam. So it's almost as if Gilu, that when I express that selfless love and commitment to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm giving this to you. I'm not getting anything out of it. There's nothing for me. I'm not getting a hide. I'm not getting a steak. I'm not getting anything from it. I just love you and I just want to connect with you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees that selfless, selfless commitment and in return wants to take care of us. And how does HaKadosh Baruch Hu take care of us? With our parnasa. Because all of us know without parnasa, life is pretty difficult. Life is incredibly challenging. So it sounds strange, you know, as a reward for the selfless act, which we do for no reward, right? As a reward for the selfless act of expressing our love and commitment to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Ribbon Shalom in, turns, in turn expresses his love and commitment to us by providing for our material needs in Olam Hazah. A beautiful, beautiful connection between Ketores and Parnassah, which I will say again, for us also highlights the need. I, I think in general, and we'll have all got to go on, in general, the power of reciting Karbanos contemporarily is that for us, until we have the third base Amikdash, pretty much all Karbanos we recite are selfless, right? Because at the end of the day, whether you're a coin or Yisrael, there's nothing I quote-unquote get from that recitation Except Yibam Shalom, and this is the best that I can do in the absence of my base Hamikdash. So it's almost for us Kiilu, everything becomes like Yitores, becomes a selfless act of devotion and commitment to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. In any event, that's the connection between Kitores and Parnas. So Amar Rava, Rava says, Lo Meshkachus Tzurva Meirabanan De Mori Ella De Asi Mishavet Levi O Mishavet Yisachar. So I we'll say Rava says something very interesting. You will never find a Talmud Chacham who goes ahead and De Mori Paskins Halacha who's not from either Shevet Levi or Shevet Yisachar. So where do we know this? From Levi, Dichsev, Yoru, Mishpatech, Yaakov. By Levi it says, because Levi is, when Levi gets their bracha, right? Levi is told, you will teach the laws to Yaakov, which indicates that Levi, right? The teachers are from Leviim. And Yisachar, Dichsev, Yisachar, Yodea, Yodei, Bina, Leitim, Ladas, Maya, Seisro. And again, by Yisachar, the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, 
that is in Divrei Yamim, that they are Yodea Bina Le'itim. They are, the, they, are, they are the ones who know knowledge for all times in order to instruct the Jewish people what to do. So therefore, again, Rav suggests that teachers, those who teach Torah, ultimately, again, either come from Shevet Levi or Shevet Yisachar. I ve'eme Yehuda Nami. Why not Shevet Yehuda as well? After Rabbi Yehuda, what does it say? D'chsev Yehuda Mechokeki. It says Yehuda is the lawgiver. To which the Gemara says, it's very interesting. Asuke Shmaik Ali, Asuke Shmaisa Ali, but the Hilchasa Kamina. So Rabbi says, no, no, no. What I'm talking about are people who are able to teach Halacha Lamaisa. So people are able to teach, so you say, to give a shir and to talk about Torah, Enachinami, a person like that could come, you know, could, could come from any Shevet. The ability to deliver Torah in a way that leads, that, that, gives, that gives people a takeaway message. And halacha l'maysa. I mean, I mean halacha l'maysa. Right? This is what you need to do. This is how you have to act. This is what you have. This is the halacha. That's a unique skill set. So it could be that teachers of Torah come from many yeshvatim. Come from many But those who are able to deliver, shmaysa aliba dehilchasa. Halacha l'maysa rulings. Those individuals come from Shevet Levi or from Shevet Yisachar. I will say, I just want to point out something very interesting. You see, you have to realize, for us, we have it very different. When the Gemara speaks about the ability to deliver, you know, Torah, Halacha, Lamaisa, that was an incredible feat, Bismana Gemara. Right? Because we'll say, what did you have to do? You had to sift through, right? All of the discussions in the Tanam and Amorim and the Brises and the Tosaftos and the Mishnayis. You have to go, see, for us, you want Halacha, Lamaisa, what do you do? What do you do? You open up the Shulchan Aruch, right? It's just that we don't understand, like, like we, we have a codification of halacha. It's not, there's no mystery anymore, right? There's no mystery. Okay, sometimes there's, there's difficulties with application, but Lamaisa, the rules are all there. So the ability to learn halacha Lamaisa for us is quote unquote relatively easy, but the ability, what the Yomar is describing, asuke shmaisa aliba dehilchosa, to take a sugya and to distill it down to halacha Lamaisa, that is an incredible skill. So the also, also tells you something amazing. Kind of to like speak in matters of spirituality or in matters of or in matters of Torah, many people could do it. But the ability to kind of find a conclusion and the ability to find a direction, ability to plot a path forward, that's much more difficult. Which we all know this just in life in general, right? It's it, it's easy to talk about things. It's easy to immerse yourself in things, but to kind of decide on a derech in life, a clear defined mahalach, a clear defined journey, a clear defined path forward. That's a suki shmeisa liba dehilchasa. Fantastic! You have all the dreams, all the aspirations, all the things you want to do. Excellent. What are you doing? What are you doing? What is your plan? That is a much harder skill set. So the gemara goes weiter. The Gemara says, "Amr Yochanan in Mefaisen al Tamish Shabin Arbayim." Most is very interesting. Rabbi Yochanan comes along and says, "We do not draw a separate lottery for the afternoon time." Rabbi Yochanan, remember again, lottery number three, lottery number sorry, not lottery number two was for the carbon tumid of the morning. As your, Rabbi Yochanan says, there was no separate lottery for the carbon tumid of the afternoon. Tamish Shabin Arbayim. I so how did how did they divvy it up? Very simple. Elakoni Shazach Abal B'Shacharis. Well, say incredible. So essentially, lottery number two was a twofer. Was a twofer. Whatever you got in the Tamid Shashachar, you also got in the Tamid Shabbain Ha'arbaim. May Sidigmar says, is that really true? Kishim Shemifaisin Shachris, Kachimifaisin Bain Ha'arbaim. So it was a pretty explicit price that says, the same way they drew lottery, they did a lottery for the morning, they also did a lottery for the afternoon. To which the Gemara says, no, 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 that's not talking about the Tamid. Kisanyahi Biktores. 
That's talking about the Ktores. The Rebbe says was offered up in the morning and in the afternoon. So they would do two lotteries, one for the morning Ktores, one for the afternoon Ktores. The Rebbe it makes sense that Ktores wouldn't be the same people because that's what the Mishnah said. Chadoshim, what was the Lashon? Chadoshim, the Ktores, Bovefisu. So, but for the Tamid, for the Tamid, there was only one lottery in the morning and whoever did it in the morning also did it in the afternoon. To which the Gemara says, I don't know about that. But Tanya, we learned, Kishem Shemafaisin Lo Shachris, Kach Mefaisin Lo Arvis. was a little bit of diktuk, which for many of us brings back like uh, like elementary school PTSD. Let's say, but uh, you know, so so a little bit of diktuk over here. So remember again, Kitores is Nikeva, right? Kitores is feminine. So when it says Kishim Shemafaisin Lo, Lo Rabo says Lashon Zachar is masculine. That's not referring to Kitores. Right, Kitaris, Kitaris is feminine. It should be law if it's Kitaris. So that sounds like it's referring to the carbon tomid. You know, change it. Change the raisa. It shouldn't read law. It should just read law. Good. It's a good answer. Vatanya, I we learned. Kishim Shemafaisin, low shachris. Kach Mefaisin, low arvis. Ukishim Shemafaisin, law shachris. Well, said this price kind of blows us off because the price kind of says both explicitly the same way that you draw a lottery for it masculine in the morning carbon tamid you draw a lottery for it masculine in the afternoon as well carbon tamid so too the same way you draw a draw lottery law for it masculine guitarist in the morning you draw lotteries for law it feminine sorry feminine in the afternoon as well, Ketores. So we'll say the Bryce clearly indicates that you're drawing a lottery both for Ketores and for Tamid, both in the morning and in the evening. No, that Bryce is talking about Shabbos. Suppose here's what's interesting. Sunday through Friday, Sunday through Friday, the Yumar is suggesting is that Halacha they would draw lots for the carbon Tamid only in the morning, not in the afternoon. Not in the afternoon, right? And, the, whoever, and whoever got the avod in the morning would do it again in the afternoon. Now, Kitaros, you're going to see, is subject to Samach Lokas. This price that says over here that they would draw lots in the afternoon again, both for Kitaros and for Tamid, was talking about Shabbos. Now, I both say that makes sense because what happened on Shabbos? What happened on Shabbos? The Kohanic shifts, they, they, they changed, right? Remember, again, that was the, that was the change of guard in the base Hamikdash was Shabbos afternoon. A new, a new base av, or a new, I should say, a new mishmar, right? A new group would come in on Shabbos. Sefer Bosai, it makes sense. Why did you have to draw a lottery again on Shabbos afternoon? Why? Why? It was a new group of Kohanim who were there. That's why, so there was just a utilitarian reason. In other words, I, I did, the same Kohanim who were there in the morning were not there in the afternoon. To which the Gemara says, if you look at, if you look at Rashi for just a moment, Rashi says, Hoyl umishmaros mishachos, umishmar sha'avat shachris, well, say it's a simple, it's just a logistical issue. The Kohanim who worked in the morning were not there in the afternoon. I'm sorry, let's go back for just a moment. So we'll say, now remember, that's which we thought about before. We'll say, remember again, the Gemara, so now we'll say, we're going to see, well, we'll, we'll get to the conclusion in just a moment. But the Gemara says, that which we thought originally, that there would be a separate lottery that was drawn for the afternoon, right? Because that, that was the Gemara was entertaining this possibility. That the Tamid Shab Bain Ha'arbayim should have its own lottery. If that's the case, the Gimara says, Nefishi Payasos. 
that would end up leaving you with more lotteries. Right? So remember again, we established that there were four lotteries. If you're going to tell me that they drew a lottery for the Tamil Shalbein Rabayim, that would mean what? That would mean what? There was another one, that there must have been a fifth. So how does that reconcile with the number four? To which the Gemara says, no. What they would do is, they would say, if you would, have hold, if, if you would hold that there was a separate lottery for the Tamil Shalbein Rabayim, they would say, when would they have done that lottery? When would they have done it? During lottery number two. So during lottery number two, when they were drawing lots for the Tamil Shalshachar, they would have just drawn another lottery for what? For Avachalamaisa, the Tamil Shalbein Ha'arbayim. But there would not have been another gathered. I also remember, as we already established, when the Yumar told us that there are four payasas, that there are four drawings, there are four lotteries, we already understand that it's possible that within, the, really what it means is what? It doesn't really mean four lotteries. What does it really mean? Four gatherings. Four gatherings. But it's possible that within those gatherings, according to at least some opinions, multiple lotteries were drawn. Now we're going to see, we don't pass in that way. We pass in that four lotteries literally means four lotteries. But at least according to some, it just means four gatherings. So the Gemara just says in the Havamina that there was a separate lottery drawn for the Tamid Shalbein Ha'arbayim. That lottery would have been drawn during the second lottery when everybody was gathered for the Tamid Shalshachar. They would have done another lottery ultimately again for the Tamid Shalbein Ha'arbayim. So the Gemara says, So we'll say, so how do we paskin? Right? So how do we paskin? So listen to this. So the Rambam writes as follows. The Rambam says, uh-oh. here, the Rambam says, this is in Hilchos Tamidin Umusafin, Perak Dalit Halachaches. Tamid Shabain Ha'arbayim, Ein Mafisin Lo Payas Acher. So say, interestingly enough, halach lamais. Well, first of all, the Raman Paskins, we're going to get to it in just a moment, but the Raman Paskins, that the fourth pious, right, the fourth lottery, was ultimately there to determine who would bring the sacrificial limbs from the ram to the top of the Mizbeach. But then the Raman says, the They did not go ahead and do another lottery for the afternoon Tamid. Rather, what happened? Allah. What, whoever won the lottery for the morning Tamid did the same avoda in the afternoon. Same avoda in the afternoon. We'll say no new lottery for Tom Shalbin Arbaim. Chutz minak Torahs. Shehin mefisin lo payis achar bin Arbaim. Viyavo komishlo hektar Torahs me olmei achel so beisav. Viyafisu aleha. So we'll say halacha lemaisa, halacha lemaisa. So again, even though we would not do a new lottery for the Tom Shalbin Arbaim. We would do a new lottery for the afternoon Kitoras, which which just makes sense, right? Because at the end of the day, we want to give everybody an opportunity to do the Kitoras. Well, says, This is fascinating. Well, so listen to this. Number one, they did not do a separate lottery for the Tamil Shalbein Arbaim. Rather, whoever won the lottery for the Tamil Shalshachar did the same avoda for Tamil Shalbein Arbaim. Ketores, they would do a new lottery. But also listen to this, says the Ramam. What happens if you reach the state where every coin who was eligible got to do Ketores? So what would you do then? Then you would include, the, then you would not do a new lottery for Ketores. So if I say, once everybody got a chance, then everybody's on equal footing. If that's the case, 
then the same, then pretty much the Ketoris in the afternoon becomes part of the Ketoris in the, becomes part of the lottery for the Ketoris in the morning as well. So once every coin had the opportunity to do Ketoris, essentially we would do one lottery in the morning, right, for Tamid for for and Ketoris, and whoever won the morning lottery for Tamid and Ketoris would repeat the service in the afternoon as well. Interesting. Zemar goes weiter. Haravi Chadashim Mishar, remember again. So then it said the fourth lottery, Everyone was eligible. And remember again, the fourth lottery was just to bring up the limbs. So the Gemara says, Our Mishra does not reflect the view of Rabbi Eliezer Yaakov, or as well as Rabbi Yaakov. Say, this time, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer, Hama'ala Evarm Lekevesh, Huma'ala Osal Mizyak. So we'll say, this is fascinating. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov says as follows. He holds that Halochalamaisa, in the morning, they did not deposit the limbs on the ramp. Instead, what they did was they took the limbs straight up to the top of the Mizbeach. There was no depositing on the ramp. Now, the Gemara says, so obviously, Rabbi Elias ben Yaakov disagrees with our, with our Tano. Right? Our Tano holds that in the morning, the Kohanim would place the limbs on the ramp, and then in the afternoon, they would go ahead, or I should say, or in the afternoon, they would, they would bring them up. So we'll say, so what's happening over here? Well, not in the afternoon, but sometime later. So the Gemara So one opinion says, the more Kohanim you could get involved in the service, the better it is. So therefore, I will say, again, the idea that you would have one set of kahana place it on the ramp and a second set, go ahead and bring it up, that's better. And the other opinion says, no, I say, it doesn't look nice when a coin takes the limb and deposits it on the ramp as opposed to taking it to the top of the mezayach. Why? What does it look like? It looks like it's a tircha. That's too heavy. It's too cumbersome to carry the limb all the way up. So what does he do? He just deposits it on the ramp. That's the, that's the machlogis. Amarava. Lo Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Islaid Rabbi Huda, for the Rabbi Huda Islaid Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. So we'll say, interestingly enough, neither. So we'll say, first of all, we take a look at Rashi just a moment. Rashi says, Every time So we say, interesting enough, I take it back. Everyone agrees that you're depositing the, the limbs on the ramp. I'm sorry. Rabbi Eliezer Yaakov is just saying the same Kohanim who deposited it are the same Kohanim who take it up. Because the concern ultimately is if it's someone else, it looks like perhaps it was too cumbersome upon the first set of Kohanim. So I say, see the Gemara now says something very interesting. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov doesn't hold like Rabbi Huda, and Rabbi Huda doesn't hold like Rabbi Huda. So who's Rabbi Huda? We had Rabbi Huda on the top of Chav Hei Amadeis. And right, Rabbi Huda was the one who held that Halach Elam there was no separate lottery by the Ketores for the coin who would go ahead and bring up, bring up, bring, I'm sorry, bring in the coals for the Ketores. Rather, again, there was one lottery. Whoever won the Ketores won the Ketores. And he would ask a friend of his, can you bring in the coal? So we'll say, now watch this. So the Gemara is suggesting that Rabbi Lezbeth Yaakov Rabbi Huda are mutually exclusive opinions. Why? So the Gemara says as follows. The Imkain, because the Gemara says, because the Imkain, last line, because I will say, interestingly enough, according to Rabbi Yaakov, there was no lottery for who would bring the coals for the Ketores. And according to Rabbi Yaakov, there was no lottery for who would bring the limbs up to the Mizbeach. Why? Because Rabbi Yaakov, why was there no lottery? Because 
because the same coin who put them there will be the same coin ultimately again who went ahead and brought them up. Now, they must not accept each other's opinions. Because we'll say, if they both accept their opinions, that means they're each missing a lottery. Right? So we'll say, because remember again, both of those are who say there's one lottery less than the number. But again, if they each hold that the other one is wrong. So Rabbi Yaakov says, no, there was a lottery for the coals. And Rabbi Yehuda holds, no, there was a lottery to take up for, to take up the limbs. Then they have the right number of lotteries or the right number of slots. But if they would both agree with each other, they would be missing one lottery or one slot, I should say. The Yimara says, And if you would in fact find a Tana who would hold that there were five lotteries instead of four, the Lokrebi Lesbian Yaakov, Lokrebi Tana would not hold like either of these opinions. Good. So we'll say, let's go back there. Tamir, Kari, Betisha, so we'll say, now, now we've gone through, we'll say, all four lotteries. So I just want to point out, lottery number four was really, according to the Mishnah, Kind of the least, the least complex. Because what was lottery number four? Lottery number four was just who is bringing up the limbs. That was it. So one. So now we know all four. Number one was for the tamid, and again all the accompanying parts of the tamid. Number two. What was number two? Chumas. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you much. Number one was chumas tadish. Number one was chumas adashan. Excellent. Number two was carbon tamid. Number three was Kitores. And number four, ultimately, again, was Ma'ale Evarim. And again, except Rabbi Lezbe Yaakov, who we don't paskin like, Rabbi Lezbe Yaakov holds that there was no, both say there was no separate lottery to bring up the limbs because whoever placed them there were the ones who took them up. So according to Rabbi Yaakov, where's the fourth lottery? What is that for? That would be for whoever brings in the coals for the Ketores. That's kind of Rabbi Lezbe Yaakov. But we reject that. We pass like the way the missionaries, and therefore fourth lottery was for who gets to bring up the limbs to the Mizbeah. Good. We'll say now we've seen all four lotteries. Mishnah, Tamid, Kara Betisha Basar Bachalasar Bishnemasar. We'll say sometimes the Tamid, Karvin Tamid, is brought by nine Kohanim, ten Kohanim, eleven Kohanim, or twelve Kohanim. We're going to see depending on the day, depending on the circumstance. There are never less than nine Kohanim and never more than 12 Kohanim. We'll say, so Rashi points out over here, Tamid Karev, Mishas, Holochas, Eivarim, Ve'elach. So we'll say, this is not talking, I just want to point out, Rashi's point out, it's not talking about Shechita, Kabbalah, and Zrika. That's not what we're, so that, that, that's, that's off the table. We're talking about from the time that you're t- moving the limbs, all the processes involved from the movement of the limbs and forward, either 9, 10, 11, 12. Ketzar, Sa'atzmo Betes. So we'll say, a regular day, a regular day is nine Kohanim. Look at Rashi. Atzmo, Bechoyom Betisha, Betisha. On a regular day in the base of English, there are nine Kohanim involved in the carbon tamid. Chamisha Leivarim, five Kohanim to bring up the sacrificial parts. The Echad Likirvayim, one to bring up the intestines. The Echad Lesobas, one for the fine flour. Echad Lechavitin, one for the Minchas Chavitin. The Echad Leyayin, one for the wine. So we'll say, so ultimately, again, that on a regular day in the base of you have nine Kohanim involved in the, in the Tamid. Again, I'll both say, not counting the Shrita, the Kabbalah, and the Zriga. We're leaving that off. Okay, Bechag, Bechag, we'll say, on Sukkis, Be'at Echatz Luchishamayim, Harikanasar, Anya on Sukkis, where there was Nisuchamayim, the water libation, which was done with the Tamid Shal Shachar, you had a total of ten Kohanim. Why ten? The regular nine, plus the additional ten who was carrying the pitcher of water. Bein Harabayim, we'll say in the afternoon, there will be 11 Kohanim who atzmo betisha. So you have the regular nine Kohanim. So we'll say this is not just a regular afternoon. 
right? So on a regular afternoon, you had the regular nine Kohanim, right? Plus, I will say, you had two additional Kohanim who are each bringing a log of wood. As we're going to see again, there's an obligation in the morning and in the evening to bring up two pieces of wood, Shnei Gizrei Eitzim, to put on the Ma'aracha, to put on the pyre of the Mizbeach. B'Shabbos, on Shabbos, B'Achadasar, you would also have 11 Kohanim. Where, why 11? The Gemara says, Hu Atzmo Because remember again, both say we're always starting with nine, right? Nine is the basic number of Kohanim to perform the Avodah of the Tamid. Remember again, on Shabbos, you would burn the two spoons of frankincense. That were from where? They were from where? The Shulchan. Remember, the Shulchan, which has you also had two spoons of frankincense. Those were burned on Shabbos. So you had two Kohanim, each of whom held one spoon of frankincense. Shulchan upon him. So what's that? That's 11. Listen to this. If it was Shabbos that fell out, or Sukkot that fell out on Shabbos, so they will say, well, what would you would have? So here's what you would have: you would have nine, which are the regular unit, right? Then what? You'd have two for the Levona, which is eleven, right? Two coin for the Levona, and then one additional coin to bring the water for the Nisei Chamayim. That's twelve. So I would go say, so the maximum number Kohanim would come up on Shabbos Sukkot. Shabbos is Sukkot. So the Gemara says, Amar Rav Abba Vitim Rami Barcham Vitim Rabbi Yochanan. We'll say, just as an aside, the Gemara says, Nisu Chamaim was the unique water libation which was done on Sukkis. You see from our Mishnah that Nisu Chamaim was only done when? Was only done Shachris. Was only done in the morning. Now we'll say, where do we know this from? Mimai, Mediktani Shamayim. So we'll say, interesting enough, because again, remember, the Mishnah says it pretty explicitly. The Mishnah says, the details that one of the additional kohanim that would that would have to be needed would be to bring up the pitcher of water, which was done by Tamit Shachar. So you see from here clearly from the Mishnah that the, that the Nisuch the water libation, was done as part of the morning Tamid. And if you want to say that Nisuch was done by the afternoon Tamid, then we'll say ultimately again, remember, in the afternoon, you're already having a minimum of nine of eleven kohanim, right? They will say, "Why a minimum of eleven kohanim by the afternoon?" What's happening in the afternoon? Remember, why why eleven? So remember, we're always starting out with what number? Nine. Nine is our basic number, and in the afternoon, we establish what's happening during the tavish l'abinarbayim. What are we doing? The shnei gizre eitzim. If you want to tell me that niso chamayim can be done in the afternoon, then you can find an afternoon case that is twelve kohanim as well. To which the Gemara We also have another price that supports this idea that Nisu Chamayim was done in the morning. Let's listen to this. So both say, to the person, we're going to see this, this is a sugi and sukkah. To the Manasseh, to the person who Nisu Chamayim, they would say to him, Extend and raise your hands. Now I will say, here's what's interesting. When the coin would pour the water for Nisu Chamayim, they would make him extend his hands and extend his arms and pour the water in a visible fashion. Why, Rabbi? Say, listen to this. Because what would happen? Because one time the Kohen purposely poured the water on his feet. And everybody pelted him with their esrogim. Now, what's happening over here? So remember, the machlokes between the tztukim and ultimately, again, the regular Jewish people, which are the tzedukim, do not remember, I want to point out, the, the avodah of Nisuch 
is not explicitly stated in the Torah. It's learned out halacha l'moshe misinai. Halacha l'moshe misinai. The tzedukim do not believe in Tarshavapah. So the tzedukim did not believe in Nisochamayim. So at times when there were tzedukim kohanim, what they would do is they would pretend like they were doing Nisochamayim, but they wouldn't pour the water on the Mizbeach. Because remember again, we'll say the Nisochamayim, the water is poured on the side of the Mizbeach. So instead of what they would do is they would pour the water on their feet. They'll pour the water on their feet. So when the rabbis got wind of this, because so one time this happened and people saw it and they lost. So, so therefore, as a result of this, as a result of this, the rabbi said, when you do Nisach HaMaim coin, you have to extend your arms so everyone could see what you're doing. Because apparently one time the coin poured the water on his feet, the people did not take, like, did not take kindly to this and they threw their esrogim at him. And I will say, now, the reason why that's important is because when are you taking your lulav and esrog? In the morning. So you see from clearly from this story that Niso Chamaim was done in the morning. So it was just another, another proof to the fact that Niso Chamaim was an avoda that was done as part of Tamit Shal Shachar. Tanya, Rashbi Omer, that's incredible. Yeshua Bayochai says, Rashbi is introducing something very interesting. How do you know that when you bring the afternoon Tamid, not only do you have to bring two pieces of wood, Shnei Gizrei Rabbi each of those pieces of wood is carried by one coin. So it's not, because Rabbi you might have thought, okay, you have to bring two pieces of wood and one coin could carry two pieces of wood. No, Rashbi says, it has to be two pieces of wood and each piece carried by one coin. Shinemar va'archu eitzim. The Pasuk says they will, they will arrange the wood. It's plural. They will arrange the wood. Two Kohanim will arrange the wood. So the Gemara says, now, if I don't need that phrase for the Tamil Shal Shachar, because by Tamil Shal Shachar it says, Dixiv, Ubir Alea Kakoin Eatsim Baboker Baboker, Baarachalaha, Tene in the Tamil Shal Benabayim. So ultimately, again, applied the Pasik to the afternoon Tamil, and Rashbi uses that Pasik ultimately to teach me that Halachalamaisa, two Kohanim, each carrying up one piece of wood, bring the wood up for Tamil Shal Benabayim. But why can't I say that the Pasik is also referring to the morning Tamid? And after all, and maybe what the Torah is actually telling me is, maybe in the morning I have to actually have to bring up two sets of Shnei Gizrei Eitzim. Two sets of Shnei Gizrei Eitzim. Right? Bring up the first set, then bring up the second set. So both say, if that's the case, let the Torah use the same Lashen. If the Torah would have just said Ubir, I would have thought that it's only done by one coin, not by two. That ultimately, again, so the Gemara says that I, so the Gemara says maybe there should be a first placement and then a second placement. My ubir va'archo. So we'll say if that's the case, it sort of should have used two different lashonos. Why does it say therefore ubir va'archo? Shmamina kidaminon. Therefore, we'll say ultimately again, it must be coming to teach us that which we said before, namely that halacha is referring to two different tamidin. And therefore, we'll say again, Rashbi teaching us that halacha lamaisa, the phrase of ubir ala. I'm sorry, the phrase of va'archo eitzim is coming to teach me that halacha lamaisa. The Shnei Gizra of the afternoon are brought up by two independent Kohanim. So we'll have to stop over here. We'll pick up in Mirat Actually, let me just finish the Mishnah. Tani Rai Pinchas, Payis Pamim Yud Gimel Pamim Yud Dalal Pamim Tezvav Pamim Tezayim. So the Gemara Rai Pinchas says, sometimes, sometimes, 
Ultimately, again, there are 13 Kohanim, sometimes 14 Kohanim, sometimes 15 Kohanim, sometimes 16 Kohanim. I will say, so I just want to point out, Rashi points out over here very quickly. Pamim Yud Gimel, Kohanim Asukim Babodas Atomic Kidisnan. So, again, so you'll, you'll look through this on your own. Sometimes there are different numbers of Kohanim involved in the Avoda, sometimes 13, sometimes 14, sometimes 15, sometimes 16. So, you're going to say, 13 is a regular day, 14 is Nisa Chamayim. 15 is Shabbos, 16 is on Shabbos that falls out during Yom Tiv. I, Vatanya, Yud Zayin, sometimes, Bryce that says, sometimes there's even 17 Kohanim, to Lok Rabbi Elzer Yaakov, Elok Rabbi Yehuda. Rather, Rabbi say, ultimately, again, that would reflect the opinion, not like Rabbi Elzer Yaakov, who holds that there is no pious, there is no extra coin who brings up the limbs, but rather, again, would reflect the view of Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that there are additional kind of bring up the limbs. Rabbi I'm sorry we went fast. We'll stop over here, Mirat Hashem. We'll pick up at the new Mishnah, Mirat Hashem, tomorrow. Sheikh Rabbi